Hello, everyone. Today on the show, uh, Zebras, this is an exciting one, Jake Scalota. Jake is the president of the Millennial Ad Network. Jake is a recognized expert in his field of youth marketing. Uh, he runs a company. Well, he's the president of a company called the Millennial Ad Network from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They're an advertising agency that creates social influence and high exposure marketing spaces with a huge network of digital media outlets. Now, let me break this down for you. So really, in my terms, what he does is he has major brands and companies and he connects those companies with micro-influencers on social media. A micro-influencer, even maybe like a micro-micro, maybe like a macro-influencer, like somebody who only has a 1,000 followers. Now, he also works with people who have millions of followers, but the cool part of this is that he takes junior high, high school, college students, and he reaches out to thousands of them and has them promote these big brands or businesses' products or whatever that might look like to their following of friends and family on social media, usually through Instagram or through Snapchat or a platform like that. But the cool part is he's getting kids paid, kids in high school, kids in college with major brands. It's amazing. They started this company uh, when they were 15 years old, Jake and his team. Now Jake is 18. It is the Millennial Ad Network. Check out millennialadnetwork.com for all of the details. I think this is a really interesting conversation for anybody who either wants to make money on social media or who wants to understand how drastically things are changing in our world. Things are changing so quick and so fast, and it's becoming easier and easier to make money just by staring at your phone and posting photos and videos. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So, Jake, thank you for being on. Before we get to him, though, let me shout out to the sponsors, the Clay Cup at 1304 11th Avenue in Altoona, Coffee, Tea, and Creativity with Sarah Vogel and the crew at The Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to Juice, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg, The Juice Bar, J-O-O-S on Facebook and Instagram, Cold Press Juice and Smoothies, Smoothie Bulls, Bone Broth, every, everything all healthy and good for your body at Juice and Trade Secrets, 1223 13th Avenue in Altoona. Uh, now, when it comes to Trade Secrets, they make natural body care products for your body obviously. Sugar scrubs, bath bars, all natural deodorants, bath bombs, wax candles, wax melts, lip balms, all kinds of good stuff. Trade secrets. Secrets in trade on Facebook. Make sure you check them out. Now let's start the show. This is Rob Z Radio. It's good to have you here. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to talk to you because I guess let's just start this out by Telling your story. You're 18 years old. Yeah. You've been running this company since you were 15. Yeah. The Millennial Ad Network. What is it? What does it mean? How did it happen? All right. So I'll start off with how did it happen first. Okay. Because we have kind of a pretty cool startup story. So me and a bunch of friends, we had math class together, first period, sophomore year of high school. Okay. It was an algebra class. So you're what, like 15? 15, right 15 okay. yeah. So, and I'm terrible at math. All of my friends are terrible at math, and we're not really super academic people. And this teacher was giving us a hard time on everything. Prior to this, me and all of my friends, we kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit. When I was little, I sold in-game credits in a game called Rage of Bahamut, and I was making like decent money doing that. My buddies had a landscaping business. You were selling in-game credits for a game, like so you were... So like you, when you completed achievements in this game, you got credits, and then I would sell them to other people. How do you sell them? Digitally, you can sell yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. And then and when you people- the money. Exactly. And people would quit, <laughs> they'd sell it to me, and I'd just upcharge it to everyone else. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was fun. So then s- freshman year of high school, we all were day trading in class. Sophomore year, we were too. We'd have teachers come over and slam our computers shut in the middle of class. It, it was a fun time. But so- we all were getting terrible grades in this math class. And we decided that math isn't our thing. Let's be more productive in this class. Let's do something meaningful and let's make some money doing it. Yeah. So we decided we were going to start a company, right? Went out, we got our LLC papers in, and we decided we wanted to do something marketing-wise. So first, at 15 years old, how did you even know what an LLC was or how to start one? The internet, man. Okay. Just, I mean, we used, I forget exactly what company we used, but it was like 50 bucks. 
And we knew if we ever wanted real clients, we would need to have that just to kind of legitimize ourselves. Where did you Google? Like, how do I start a business legally? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's all you need to do. That's, I know. It's so funny that, that still our brains are stuck in the mindset of like, well, how would I even go about doing that? I need to get an encyclopedia and look up business mm -hmm. and then go talk to the courthouse. And I know. You can just Google and it. Even uh, my mom, when she was going to do start her company about a year ago, she this was after we started ours she went the first thing she did was get a lawyer and i was like mom that's not what you have to do you don't need a lawyer for this anymore but yeah so we got our llc papers in and at this point we knew we wanted to do marketing but we had no idea what that entailed we're like okay let's do something social media everyone's doing social media let's do it we'll do it better so we we start looking into it and we're like okay so to get in the social media marketing, you need to have really great content. Mm -hmm. We didn't have money to buy cameras. So you're like, okay, let's outsource this. So got a couple small clients doing the creative stuff. We're managing the day-to-day -day accounts. And how long were you, you guys were like still 15 yeah. or 16? Yeah. Okay. So we got our first clients pretty quick, just small local ones. And then about- You guys would go in there like as a team? Yeah. That's, no, that's it was fun. It was yeah. a blast doing it because we'd leave school. One of us had a car at that point because he was a little bit older, had his license. So we'd all huddle in his little car, drive to different companies, just cold call them pretty much. Right. I sent out hundreds of emails a day just to random companies that I saw Jeez, in this time. Man. Yeah, no, it was hectic, but we had a big whiteboard in my basement. We'd go, we'd get in my hot tub, go to the basement, write down all the companies we've emailed that day. First the hot tub. First the hot tub. Okay. Hot tub's a necessity. <laughs> so you don't celebrate with the hot tub later. Hot mm -mm. tub first. It, it relaxes you. It, it gets you in the mood. That's good, yeah. yeah. So then about a year after that, so I was 16, I was invited to go speak at a conference in New York about marketing the Gen Z. It was called the Marketing the Gen Z Conference. Creative name. Exactly, exactly. So we went there, it was, or I went there, my buddies didn't go, and it was an amazing conference. I spoke with my mom, actually, because- Now, did you get invited to this, or how did it happen? Yeah, so my mom was really good friends with a lady named Nan McCann, who is running this conference. She ran a couple of other conferences, so she reached out to my mom and was like, hey, your son's doing some cool things with marketing the Gen Z. Would you two want to come on and speak about generational marketing? And we were like, yeah, that's a big conference, costs a lot to speak at those things. And you were so, getting them for free. Exactly. So we ran with it. When I was there, I met a really great guy. He's based out of California, pretty high up at a marketing company. And he pulled us in on a contract with a huge nationwide company that is targeting high school students. Okay. So it was literally perfect for us. And after that, that was our first big conference contract that really legitimized what we did and targeting high school students for what um like school testing like college oh, testing okay. oh okay so that was great after that we got contracts with l'oreal a couple of other huge eight brands and agencies and a year later we're here wow man yeah so it's really been a very short amount of time yeah it has you, been it's been up and running where does so this is the, the fascinating part to me, like, because I think <clears throat> I want to try to, with these episodes, talking to entrepreneurs, try to like help people who might be 15, mm -hmm. right? They're in school and yeah. I didn't have friends. It sounds like the friends that you had, I didn't have those friends. Yeah. I didn't know where to find those friends. I didn't know they existed. Mm -hmm. so where did, how did you guys all like band together? How did, how did you have other guys that were like-minded like you were at a, such a young age to team together to go do something like this? Yeah. I mean, I would say with me, it's, it was a lot of luck. I had, I was friends with these kids, but we were never super close. And we always heard about each other doing these cool little business things. We got really close over day trading. Mm -hmm. And then, but we all had that inner drive to do stuff. Yeah. We didn't really have the knowledge to back it at that point, but we just had that winning drive. And when you're young, when you're starting a business, I feel like that's the biggest thing. That's the, uh, it, if you're a winner, if you wanna go out and you're okay with putting in the man hours to get started, then things are just going to happen for you. Yeah, just trying, experimenting with stuff, see what works. Exactly. Don't be afraid of failing. Just go yeah. out there and try. And there are just so many opportunities in this world right now with the internet. I mean, you can have, you can be a Pittsburgh-based small company and have clients in Beijing. Yeah. 
So there's just so much opportunity. And if you fail at one thing, you can move to the next one pretty seamlessly. It's just a great time. To it's so true, man. I think a lot of people uh, get stuck in thinking this is the way it has to be done. This is the way it always, has always been done. If my business is in my area, I need to stay in my area because mm -hmm. that's where the jobs are. Yeah. But it's been blown wide open. Definitely. I mean, we were talking just about like starting an LLC and like you can do it now on LegalZoom. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to an attorney. You don't have to go get a lawyer and have everybody sign up. For, you, don't, you don't have to go through all that anymore. It's, I mean, you can, but mm -hmm. it's not necessarily uh, the, the way that you need to go about it. So I think that just hearing what you're saying, how it might have been easy for you, right? But how do people? How would you recommend people get out of that old mindset? I guess your brain's fresh enough that you yeah. never were in that mindset to begin with. But just to um, understand, like, hey, I want to give this thing a shot. I'm just gonna give it a shot. Because yeah. a lot of people have ideas, but never take the next step to even try them. And then if they do try them, the first sign of struggle, the first sign of a tiny bit of something not working, they disband the whole thing. Mm -hmm before all the pain sets in, right? Yeah. So what would your recommendation be for somebody, whether it be they're 15 or they're 40? Uh, what, would your, what would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I just, I think like, okay, so right now we're in Pittsburgh, you have a very localized mindset. And you look around, you look at the businesses, you see, okay, there's a little bit of opportunity to do something here. We can get some clients, but it might not be enough to support me. Mm -hmm. But then if you expand that a little bit and with the internet and with social media, you can easily do that yeah. to look at the entire nation. And then there's a lot more opportunity just coming out of there. Yeah. There's a lot more competition too, but that's why it's so important to kind of, while you don't have to be an expert in something, you just have to do something well, yeah. one thing well, and you can build a business around that. Yeah. So I would just say expanding your mindset a little bit, getting out of the local one, going to a national or international mindset, and doors are just going to open. Mm -hmm. A practical example of that mindset, like what would that look like for you, I guess, when you, when you guys, well, obviously, you're selling, you're, you're trading, mm -hmm. um, was it coins for a game yeah. on, online? Like that's a, such a small microcosm of a bigger thing mm -hmm. that you saw an opportunity and, and yeah. went towards it. So. Some people don't even have that mindset, so when they get something thrown like that in front of them, they may never see it. How do you think you were able to see that? Why do you think, was it your family? Was it your upbringing? What, is it the friends around you? What caused you to have that mentality? I don't know. I think there were a lot of important factors that came into play. My dad is an entrepreneur. He owns a sales company. Okay. So kind of ever since I was very young, I was brought up with that sales mentality. Yeah. And as a business owner, sales is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, you're gonna have to do it every day. So you have to be good at talking to people and kind of capitalizing on new opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I, I really can't narrow it down to one specific thing that made me think like that and one thing that I could say to help everyone think like that. Yeah. But I just know every single day, no matter what you're doing, if you're driving somewhere, if you're doing something and you see something that's bothering you, that you think could be improved upon, just make a mental note of that and come back to it and look to see if there's a possibility for you to improve upon that. No doubt. If you see a pain somewhere, mm -hmm. something that is not working well or is a, a general problem that you find or other people have, there's an opportunity somewhere to make money. Yeah, absolutely. To fix that problem. People need, and that's what it comes down to, right? You, if you create a business that fixes problems, you're always going to have money. If you create a business that is not fixing any problems, mm -hmm. that's going to be a bit more of a, of a struggle. Definitely. And I think what you said there at the beginning, your dad was an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that could be the catalyst for this whole thing that you were born with somebody in your family with that mindset. Me personally, I think I'm, I've tried to track this, but I think I'm the only person in my family who's ever started their own really? business. So I've never had well, anybody to really follow mm -hmm. that form um, from, well, my, my stepdad was passed down his business from his dad. So I guess in a, in a way that could be considered starting your own. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you don't have somebody in your family or somebody in your life, then find somebody who has definitely. Done that. So I, the internet, again, best tool for it. You can find so many mentors for sure that you've never even met on the internet or great books or even like reaching out to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're happy to talk yeah. to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I love talking to people about stuff like that. And I mean, 
there's always cool opportunities to work together with everyone. So, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. But just, yeah, again, with the Internet, there's so many ways to connect with entrepreneur groups all around the world. I know I personally somehow stumbled upon these groups in an app called Telegram where they're just entrepreneur groups where it's 300 international people from around the world and they're just shooting cool ideas out like, hey, do you think this is possible? Could I run with this? I'm not from America, but do you think there's a need for this in America? And 50 other people are like, hey, that's a great idea. Let's make something work here. We'll figure it out. P- like DM me privately and let's talk. Yeah. So there's just there's a million groups like that. There are Facebook groups, groups across all sorts of social media yeah. that you can really get in contact to and have mentors and potential co-founders. Yeah, the most important thing, I mean, that getting around a like-minded group of people. Mm-hmm. I've just done that just recently. Well, working here in my office is here in Catalyst Space in Altoona, so there's lots of people with the, the like mindset here. <clears throat> but I was just saying to you before we started, like Ty Lopez, I joined yeah. this business builder mastermind group he has, which is, there's about a hundred of us. And we all are we're in different industries. A lot of it's crypto and um, mm-hmm. social media, but also e-commerce and real estate. I mean, a vast variety of different businesses. But the same, one thing we all have in common is this drive to create, to expand, to help, to serve, to just do something bigger. And if you can get around those people, figure out where they're at, whether it's an online community or in person, get into that community, spend more time there. Yeah. Spend more time with those Definitely. people. Because that'll just rub off on, and you can rub off on them. It's it's like the five closest friends. Right? Oh, yeah. That's Absolutely. The, that's such what a it, key. That's so what it comes back to. So you had that at 15. You had those close friends. Are, yeah. Are you still working with them now? Yeah. All but one. Really? They're yeah. all tied into the, the Millennial Ad Network, Yeah, too. they are. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, that's our whole team right now. So explain what the Millennial Ad Network is, like from the conception. Yeah. So when we started, we had no idea what we were doing. We were thinking, okay, let's build a network of high school and college age students that we can then shoot out ads through on their Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. And kind of going along, that got put on the back burner. Mm. We're like, that's a really cool thing. We can bring the market, but it's not enough because big clients want, they just want more. So we've kind of settled into a pretty cool niche. We do consulting, creative, and ad placement. So with our consulting, that's basically, okay, let's formulize a strategy. Let's figure out how are we going to target your target demographic, which for most of our clients is some youth demographic, whether that's high school, college age people, or younger than that. Mm -hmm. So we figure out how to do it, and then we actually do it. We put together the videos that they're going to be shooting out. And we ha- since we're all in college, we have this very unique insights of what kids like. And we can bring that to market. We figured it's normally about six months before large ad houses figure that out and bring it out. And that really lets us capitalize on our youth. And because youth culture changes so much that six months from now, what we're talking about today is going to be looked upon as old news. Yeah. So by the time big ad houses are rolling it out, it's too late. And then we also do ad placement. So we still have our network of high school and college students. We have a lot of big influencers that we work with. So we create a message and we distribute it. So you have them kind of like on retainer, like these social media influencers on retainer. You create the message and then they broadcast it for you through their mm-hmm. platforms and they're you're paying them. Yeah. So what is the what are the messages that you're like passing on to them? Well, I mean, it just depends on our client. It's super specific. Also, it's it's a biz. You're you're working with the business. You're yeah. creating the ad that you're going to give to the influencer. Yes. To send out. Yeah, okay. correct. And something that we found is that helps us kind of connect with these influencers a lot better because these influencers are very smart people. You don't have a million followers on Instagram if you're a boring person. Yeah. But they're also kids in most cases. They're not business people. Yeah. And when these large agencies try and reach out to these influencers, they're immediately turned off by their lack of professionalism. And they feel like, okay, these guys haven't replied to me for three days. What are we going to do? We need someone else. We're cutting them. And we understand that. We get that they're kids. We get that they're in college and high school and they have other things that come up. But we're still 
because we're able to relate to them so well, we're able to really bring them into the fold and have their unique mindset really show on the project and show on the sponsored posts that they're making to their followers. That is genius. Yeah. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. But it's such, you're so right, because I mean, yeah, you're a social media influencer, you've got a million followers, that doesn't mean you know anything about marketing. No. Except for marketing yourself, Mm -hmm. I guess, you're good at that. So when it comes to communicating with a giant brand that's used to proposals and used to Mm -hmm. going through meetings to set things up. Scope of work, yeah, exactly. There's nothing. No. Just look through my photo grid. Mm -hmm. That's my scope of work right there, you'll see it. Check my story. They'll be like, yeah, we want you to post at two o'clock on a Thursday, three months from now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and th- that just never happens. Right, they're not so, putting it in their calendar. The exactly. kid isn't like, oh, let me set that in my Google calendar exactly. here. It's just not so happening. we kind of work with the kid, and we something that we find is really cool is since we're able to relate to them so well, we're able to really bring out their creative spirit because their followers don't follow them because they want to see ads. Yeah. They follow them because they relate to the person and they find their content very interesting or relatable. So when they can put their unique watermark on the content that they're posting out while it may be sponsored, it really kind of feels like it's coming from the heart Mm -hmm. and isn't just some ad shootout. So that really allows us and our clients to get much better engagement rates because the content feels real. Yeah. What do you find as just for somebody, because Instagram is obviously, I think, the most powerful platform right now. Would Mm -hmm. you agree? For youth, absolutely. And uh, Well, YouTube. YouTube's well, right, yes, too. of course. Yeah, I can't. I always, I always exclude YouTube. I do I feel too. Like it's, mentally, it's on a level of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as somebody who's on Instagram who has a decent following, what, what do you consider a decent following? I mean, so we kind of break a, it a down. Monet- and monetizable. If following. you have a thousand followers, you can monetize it. Yeah. And, but, in a kind of a different way. So we work with a thousand follower accounts up to a million follower accounts, and for the small ones, it's really cool because they're high school and college students and the people that follow them are close friends. Mm -hmm. So something that's so big with marketing the Gen Z is the power of cool, we call it. If you see your close friends, your close acquaintances, people that matter to you posting about something and talking about something, you're much more likely to interact with that brand because you think, wow, this is cool. My friends are doing it. I have to hop on that. So while they have a much smaller following, they have much better engagement than the huge influencers. Sure. So in a lot of the projects, we try and balance it out a little bit, but you can monetize your accounts if you have a thousand followers. It's just about finding the right brands to kind of ambassador for. Can you give me a practical example? Like say somebody who has 2000 followers, what would be a brand that they would be that you work with that they're endorsing? I mean, okay. So if you have 2000 followers, we could... So let's say you're a girl, you have 2,000 followers, you're kind of in the makeup a little bit. We could set you up with a large makeup brand, you along with maybe a 1,000 of other people nationwide, and have you work directly with that makeup brand, get free products, get paid to go out on social media and just kind of post your daily skincare routine featuring this brand. Mm -hmm. So it just... It kind of depends on your niche, the, co- the company's niche, but and it's very user-specific, but there's a million interesting ways to go out about that. that. See, that would never occur to somebody, and even to myself, like a couple thousand followers, I can make money off this thing. It's just that doesn't your mind doesn't work that mm-hmm. way all the time. You, gotta, you picture like, I need at least 10,000. Yeah, definitely. I need to at least be able to put links in my Instagram story before I can make some money off this yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. That's so, not the case. So what's the so that person's getting paid from a, a a major fashion retailer. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this or not. If you're not, it's fine. But like, what? How much do they get paid? Like, if they're influencing and they're putting stuff out. Yeah, I mean, it again, it depends. For a thousand followers, it could be anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars a post. Wow, that's so yeah. crazy, because it's just the the fact that those thousand followers they know are real people mm-hmm. exactly. who actually know that person. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing because... The, the micro-influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Like micro-micro. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like micro-micro. Yeah, like definitely. Macro, like the smallest way is like mm-hmm. an atom yeah. of an influencer. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a page... Are you watching their page grow? So do you help them also grow their page while they're 
getting these sponsors? Too? I mean, it can't. We can. It just depends on the level that we're working with them with. Some people we are they work, paying you money? Are the influencers paying no. you money? Okay, the influencers are paying us nothing. We kind of middle and the the client, the large company will pay us. Yeah, we'll take a cut off the top and then send it out to the influencers. Okay. Yeah. So really the idea is like these influencers, they are not able to do this themselves yet. I guess once they would get to the level that they could do it themselves, maybe they would, but mm -hmm. I imagine having you there is yeah. much more beneficial. Definitely. Takes all the legwork out. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you're one person, you have 2000 followers on Instagram, you're not going to be able to go out and single-handedly sign a deal with a large brand. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But when we can go in with 200 2,000 follower Instagram accounts oh, from across yeah. the country and kind of package it all together. The outreach is just magnified so much where the brands really can see that this is going to be an applicable, applicable source of marketing. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Instead of one person who has 100,000, you'll find exactly 1,000 people that have a thousand or yeah. whatever and it's going to cost more with the smaller people but the engagement rates are just off the charts and it's totally worth it so boy that's so interesting now do you reach out to the influencers first or do you see what this company wants and then you go out and find these influencers so again it just all really depends so we have a network of kind of go-to influencers that we go to first before anyone else because they've worked with us in the past, we know they're reliable, and we know that they're gonna make good content. Mm -hmm. And then, but some clients want a network that's bigger than that, or they want a network that's based out of Tampa, Florida. So we have to go and kind of recruit from that area more specifically. Right, if it's a business that's in a certain exactly. area. Or sometimes state, yeah, they'll have like battleground states where they want to target because they have a lot of competition in that state. Mm. So we kind of go out and target them. So you'll specifically search in some random random city, whatever it is, and you'll find the people in that area. And how do you find those people? So you'll just like message somebody and be like, hey. Yeah. Because they probably think that's fake at first, right? Yeah, and, and I mean. Sounds that, spammy, I imagine. No, it absolutely does. But we've gotten very good at kind of establishing our legitimacy right off the bat that's such an important thing when you're going out and kind of contacting these young people so we go out we'll normally try and find about five super reliable people that are in and once you get five then you just go hey guys tell your friends we'll give you a couple bucks for every friend that you get mm -hmm. people are coming back with 50 friends they're making some money and it makes our lives a lot easier Wow, that's so simple. Yeah. Throw them a little bit of cash. They're happy to do it. Exactly. That's gas money or whatever mm -hmm. it is for the weekend. And I mean, 50 bucks to young people, that's a lot of money. It's like five grand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's so, that's such a, when you think about it, I think about it, I'm like, this seems so complicated. How would you find all these people and get these mm -hmm. companies connected in? But when you, when you break it down like that, it actually is rather simple. Yeah. It's just communication. Yeah. And it takes, but it takes a young person do that sure because there are just so many weird social things that are acceptable and unacceptable that older people just have no idea when it comes to reaching out over social media yeah and we live that every day so we know it pretty well so what's the do you have an age cut off not really it's just and again it depends on the clients some clients will want okay we want only high school students some we want high school and college some we want college some we want older than that so there's not an, a hard age cutoff but for certain projects there will be sure it depends on the project mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to and i mean we can even look into it and be like okay this person may be 25 but 90% of their followers are under 18. Mm. So it's worthwhile to have them on board. Yeah. So there's not really a hard cutoff. It just kind of goes. And how many influencers are you working with right now? Oh, uh, we have a network of over 10,000. Over 10,000? Over, you started this two years ago? Three. So it officially started the LLC three years yeah. ago. So you started doing social media marketing for a couple of businesses. And then how did this happen from that? It just, you saw... I mean, okay, so there are a ton of influencer companies. I was at a conference, Youth Marketing Summit, last week in New York. It was an amazing conference. But I felt like 50% of the companies there were influencer companies. And this just kind of, but they're working with huge influencers, and they're not really doing anything different than each other. So we kind of needed to figure out a way, because we are small, 
we are young, that can be looked upon as a positive or negative thing. Yeah. We kind of needed to find a unique niche that just isn't what every other company is doing. Yeah. So we kind of took this small influencer network idea and really ran with it. Oh, dude, it's such a good idea. So I guess another piece of this is going to conferences. Yeah. Right? You have to go to conferences. You have Definitely. to go to seminars. That's where people look at that and they might look at the price tag and be like, geez, I'm not going to spend 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 10,000 bucks to go to these things. What am I going to, how could I possibly get enough information out of that? Well, it's mm -hmm. not really about the, I mean, half of it's the information. It's the networking. It's all the networking. It's all the people you meet because they're all in the same mindset. They're all going towards the same things you are. So I think when you look at that sort of stuff, it might seem ridiculous to spend that amount of money because yeah. how could I possibly learn enough to, to, to match that cost? Mm -hmm. But when you consider you could meet that one, all you need to do is meet one person. Definitely. Who to matches make it up worthwhile. with what you want to do. Yeah. And I would just say kind of the biggest thing is you have to realize that everything's negotiable. So Especially in that world. In that world especially, but in most business worlds. Because I haven't paid to go to a single one of these conferences. I go out and I see who's running it. I'll reach out to them and be like, hey. Let's do some cross promotion here. Mm. If I can come for free, I'll promote you across my LinkedIn network a few times over the course of the month. Or I'll give you guys some free consulting or just a little bit of something yeah. to make it worthwhile to them where they can justify letting you in for free or letting you speak for free. Yeah. So just kind of looking past the ticket price of something and figuring out what value you can bring to them to get that introduction that engagement so i mean there's a million ways to go about it but well no doubt man i mean that is that's half the reason why i have this podcast number one i just like doing it but number two it is a networking marketing tool that you can oh, use for sure over and over and over again people don't i guess some people think of it like that but usually people look at these things just as, as a form of entertainment they look at your facebook your mm -hmm. youtube your instagram podcast whatever as a form of entertainment but whenever yeah. you have one if you use it right, and if you just use it often and consistently and don't put anything overly offensive on there that's going to turn people off, you can use that thing as a marketing tool. You can get free stuff. You can meet great people. Definitely. You get to, it'll just help you move forward. And if you have a business or something to advertise behind it, that's even more powerful. Uh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly important. And I think it's still so new that people don't recognize it. And mm -hmm. people aren't marketers yeah so i mean you know the phrase it's not about what you know it's about who you know yeah i agree with that but i change it to it's not about what you know it's about who you know as long as you know something mm -hmm. so and you gotta know enough to be able to exactly and it you don't have to have a super broad skill set as long as you can do one thing extremely well yeah that's valuable to many people yes that's the you really have to know that one thing exactly and if you and the cool, the world of, the, of social media is so awesome because you're still, you're only 18, so I don't, I'm not going to put you in a bubble or anything like that, but I just want to mm -hmm. give an example of like, this didn't exist 10 years ago. It didn't. It didn't even really exist like seven years ago. No. It's still so new that we haven't wrapped our heads around it. Mm -hmm. I, I listened to, obviously I've been a part of Ty Lopez's stuff for a while and he talks about like the world's asleep. People yeah. are asleep and they really are asleep because it's right in your hand every single, you're staring at it every day on your mm -hmm. phone yet you're not realizing like, wow, it's all the, there's no scarcity anymore. Yeah. Anybody can make as much money as they want to. It's all right there. Definitely. It's just the way you decide to look at it and use it. And yeah, I would say that's one of the big differences between millennials and Gen Z. Millennials, they use social media to connect with friends. Mm -hmm. Gen Z, we leverage it, we use it to brag, and we use it to get our message to as many people as possible. So it's just a little bit different ways in how we think and the different generations think. Yeah. Because when millennials started to get on social media, it was only for friends, like the Facebook. Because that's how it was designed. Yeah, when exactly. It first came out. And Gen Z is kind of not going with the flow with that. We're not using it how it's designed and we're using it to kind of suit our own purposes. Which is what it should be used for. Yeah. You should use it to spread a message whatever that message yeah. is and you can use it to just make money and, and you yeah. don't need to go get a job at mcdonald's or whatever yeah. that might be i mean that's that's the that's boring the high course. school job yeah i had many of them and they were oh pure i did too. torture yeah like ate my soul you know what mm -hmm. i mean so yeah. you can do something online and i you know you see parents that will 
like boohoo that like well you're not learning the skills or I mean, yeah, you might not be learning the skill of, of learning how to run a cash register. I, I don't know. The many different uh, various things you mm-hmm. could do as, in a part-time job as a teenager. But you're using something that is going to not go anywhere. This yeah. thing's only going to get more powerful. Definitely. It's only going to get more influential. So why not jump on? Really, parents should be learning from their kids. Yeah. And vice versa. Oh, for sure. I mean, each generation can bring a unique skill set mindset to the table that we really need to learn from each other on this. Yeah. But kids get written off so easily, yeah, right? It happens so sure. fast. Not that you shouldn't learn from your parents. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But I think that parents also should look like, wow, there's there's something happening here that's never happened before in the history yeah. of humanity. And it's only a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. So if we jump on it now, yeah. I mean, just there's a lot of ridiculous. success to be made. Yeah. Now, how did you... So you're talking... You went to a Gen Z conference. You started this all for Gen Z. So mm-hmm. why is it millennial? Okay. Network? When we started our company, we were 15 years old. We had no idea what Gen Z was. We were like, okay, millennials. We think we're a millennial. Right. So we just kind of went and ran with that. Every, I feel like every month, one of us is like, hey, guys, we really need to change our name. But millennial is still much more used and recognizable than Gen Z. Definitely. Right? Yeah. But most of our clients do recognize Gen Z and most of our kind of target clients that we would want to sign recognize Gen Z and millennial is slowly kind of going out of vogue Okay, as like when you're trying to target youth, people don't think millennials, they think Gen Z. Millennials are old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm 35. I'm on the end. I'm the, I'm the, I think that's the first or last year of millennial, Mm -hmm. however you want to look at it. So I'm like, whatever was, was before millennial, uh, Gen Y, maybe? maybe. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, that was like the term that's been used for such a long time now mm-hmm. that you're right. It's probably working its way out. A kid, yeah. a, kid, a 10-year-old is looking at a millennial like, God, are they dead yet? Yeah, you know, millennials are, are starting to have kids now. Right. They're having kids in they're still elementary in school. They're exactly, exactly. So they're like, oh, my parents are millennial. Damn, they're old. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> no offense. I know. It's, it's crazy. It's funny. Yeah. I, I find it very because when it, you know everybody experiences this as they get older. I find it to be interesting. Some people find it to be terrible. But like as you get older, everything changes. But you still think that you are living in the world that you lived in when you were eighteen years old. Yeah. You have to recognize things are changing. Your mm-hmm. mind still might be in that place because that's where like you developed and that's where a lot of your memories are. But that is in the past. Yeah, and everything changes so fast nowadays. Yeah. I know. I talked to my sister. She's 15. She's a freshman in high school. And I'm like, Ellie, what's going on in high school? Like, tell me all of this so I can bring it to my clients. Because the way she uses social media is different than the way I use social media. Even. How does she use it? She, there's just, I can't say like a general blanket statement, but for Snapchat, she has streaks with 50 different people. Mm. So that means she's Snapchatting 50 different people every day. Meanwhile, I'm Snapchatting like 10 different people every day. I know. So just small little things in her Instagram. When I first started getting on Instagram, if you had 500 followers, you were like a big deal. Like that was a big Instagram back in like 2008. Yeah. And she has an Instagram. She has like 2,000 followers and she's a freshman in high school. And her posts get like 2,000 likes. Yeah, right? I know. I've noticed it's that crazy. with high school kids, they will get, they their likes almost match their follower count. I know. I'm like, dude, I get like a little over a quarter. I know. You know, on a good post, it might be uh, almost like half. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it's never even been close to almost half. And uh, like, even as far as like the post curation, like I go out, I take a cool pic, I throw it up on Instagram. She'll take a picture, she'll sit there and edit it, she'll post it at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday because she knows that that's when all of her followers are on Instagram. So Even though she's not doing anything with it to exactly. market it, she's using a marketing method Yeah, to use oh, definitely. It. And that's something that's really cool because all of these kids kind of subconsciously, not subconsciously, but they couldn't necessarily like put it in the words Mm. all of these cool tricks of the trade when it comes to having good engagement with their friends so when brands can really get into the mind of a youth and adopt some of these like cool little things life hacks yeah they're going to be able to much more effectively reach that demographic 
It's it's cool and it's also kind of sad at the same time, right? And it, it, because I feel like her worrying about when her friends are going to like her post, that's sad. I mean, it's like, who care? you shouldn't care so much if you get all of the likes you could possibly, maximizing your likes for mm-hmm. something that's just for you to feel better. That's a bummer. But that's the way it is. Yeah, it is the there's way it nothing is. You, there's nothing you can really do about that. No. So just accept the fact that she is, she knows how to market herself and she's not even making any money. Yeah. So when are you bringing her on the team? Oh, she should be, <laughs> she should be yeah, influencing. she'll she'll be here soon. <laughs> I have no doubt. Do you have an age, like an early age cutoff limit? Like, is it like if they're twelve, is that not allowed? Well, so when you get like, I think it's under thirteen, you come in with like a lot of sticky guidelines and mm. laws about marketing to like really young kids. So we do have a cutoff at about around 13 where we can't use them to put out material just because of like the legality behind it. Yeah. But I'm sure while we're not targeting them, there's a little bit of kind of rub off because eight-year-olds are now having social media accounts. They have their iPhone. They have all of the accounts. They're posting. They're interacting with their friends. Yeah. So they're going to see it. I mean, I say this all the time, but my son's four years old and he loves YouTube kids. He loves all the kids on YouTube and make goofy videos Mm -hmm. and we'll watch these videos and they'll be, you know, they're just kids. I mean, I assume their parents make the videos, but they have like, I'll look at the follower count or the, the, the view count and it's like 120 million. And I'm like, what? And then Max, my son loves it. So we make videos because he just, like, he looks at it like, oh wow, these kids are having so much fun. And then we do it and he has so much fun and we have fun doing it. So it's Mm -hmm. like, people look at it as this terrible thing that's ruining uh, families, but what I've been trying to do lately in my own life and now more just outwardly mm-hmm. is how can you use these things that seemingly are tearing society apart to build it back up? Yeah. Positive content with your family that is fun, that has everybody engaged and we're all enjoying it together. And hopefully another family then sees you. Because what I noticed through those kids' videos is like you see a family getting along. You Definitely. see YouTube won't allow bad content in the kids' zone, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be... PG or it has to be G rated content. Yeah. And I think that's great. So then you're like, you're promoting a healthy family environment. Oh, for sure. From shooting the videos to people watching them. I like to think of it as social media is just a tool. Mm. Think of it as a hammer. Yeah, you can use that hammer to really hurt someone, but you can also use it to really improve your life and make a lot of things easier. So that's all it is. Bad people are going to use it for bad things. Good people are going to take the positive side and use it for good. Yeah, I just did a podcast the other day about this because somebody somewhere, I forget where it was, said the social media is the devil or was mm-hmm. some stupid statement like that. And I was like, well, it's just a reflection of society. Exactly. Really. I mean, it might be ramping it up more and more. Yeah. It's more uh, out there in your face, but it's just, it's not any different than anything else. If you look at television or radio, or it's just a new form of it, a new, more immediate form of it. Yeah. So I, I think that it's a, a wonderful thing. Uh, but I'm also, you and I are utilizing it to our advantage. Definitely. If you're not utilizing it to your advantage, then you it's might think not it's, so wonderful. it's ruining your life. Exactly. Sucking all your time up. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So if if somebody lis- is listening to this and they would want to get involved with the Millennial Ad Network, they'd want to be an influencer, they have a couple of thousand followers, how do they... Do yeah, that? I mean, so you can check us out on our website, millennialadnetwork.com. You can shoot me an email, uh, jakescalota at millennialadnetwork.com. Uh, follow me. O L O D A. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Jake Scalota. Shoot me an e- or a DM on there. Don't find you on Facebook though. You're not. On yeah, Facebook. not on Facebook. That's Sorry, the guys. Crazy part. Yeah, <laughs> the one that has over a billion followers or, or users. Don't even touch it because your audience is yeah. not using young it, right? people aren't on Facebook. They look at it as their parents' social media. And yeah. who wants to be with their parents? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How long till Instagram is? right there with it um i don't know i think instagram's going to stay as the cool thing until something comes out that's better than it and i don't see that happening soon so you don't think it'll be snapchat it's not gonna snapchat and instagram they're just used so differently Mm -hmm. snapchat is an authentic look into the lives of people because you're posting stories you can't post things that you've edited you just Take a picture and you post it. Yeah. Well, you can. You can upload. Yeah, you something. can, but no one does that really. Yeah. And Instagram is kind of that curated bragging look upon your life. That's the thing that you want people to see and be like, damn, 
that kid has the coolest life ever. I want to be like him. Right. Even so, though he probably doesn't. Exactly. Oh, he absolutely doesn't. All of these influencers. I mean, I just read an article about there's an Airbnb that charges a couple of hundred dollars an hour to influencers that come in and just take pictures all through this house. So it's there's, a really nice house. Yeah, it's a really nice oh, house dude, in California. So there's just crazy things like that. And but when you're looking at their Instagram, you can't tell that it's fake, yeah. even though it really We're all in the same house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people are spending thousands of dollars on day trips to like super cool locations just to get the perfect picture to post. That's so nuts. Yeah. It's a reason to travel, though. I look yeah. at it like I talk to my wife about this all the time. She would, she, she needs to get on YouTube. I'm trying to get her to do it because she is a, she's just born with a great personality and mm-hmm. very funny and. I just want to, I want to have a, a YouTube where we vlog and travel and yeah. get paid to do it. Like you can get paid to travel around the world and make videos. Like that's a reality that people are living. Yeah, and it's not that, it's not that hard to achieve Mm-mm. really, because as long as you're putting out consistent content and the videos aren't terrible, yeah, somebody's gonna watch it. Yeah, and just know a couple of like the following tricks, just to kind of jumpstart your follower count. Yeah, yeah. Now. Are you an influencer yourself? Do you use your network or do you I, use your platforms like that? I'm not really. So in the past couple of months, I've gotten more of on like the personal branding bandwagon. But before that, it was just all about the company. But now kind of things are changing a little bit and having a personal brand and kind of so when people think about the company, they can highlight the thought leaders that are behind the company. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to use it more. But Instagram, it, I mean, for my business, it's really not super important. I post stuff. I post cool things. But I'm not super worried about my follower count. But on LinkedIn, I am really worried about how many connections I have, my engagement, because that's making me money. And before we wrap up, we got to touch on LinkedIn because I've been talking to a lot of people lately about it and I've been using it a lot more lately. Yeah. And it's brought me a lot of business just mm-hmm. from doing marketing. Definitely. And it's kind of the forgotten platform. It's been around for a long time, got bought by Microsoft last year. So they're starting to push more video content and stuff like that. So when you get on LinkedIn, I mean, if you went on there a year or two ago, I don't, you wouldn't, there was like no videos. No, there was like nobody was sharing nothing. information. It was just like job postings yeah. and stuff. And now it's starting to really turn into what could be the most profitable platform. Yeah. Because everybody on there is involved in business in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. And it's it's not like this secret. Like when you get on Facebook, you don't necessarily want to be shown. You're not necessarily looking for somebody no. else's business. But on LinkedIn, you know oh, that's absolutely. what you're getting. Yeah. So what's your, what's your perception of LinkedIn? Like where is it heading and, and how are you using it? Well, I'm using it on LinkedIn. The biggest thing is just to post interesting comment content. And when you post something that's interesting, tag a couple of thought leaders in your field and ask them what they think about this. In the comment section. Yeah. Just because that's going to get people with a much larger following going in and interacting with your posts and then their entire network is going to see it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very easy way to slowly get more engagement and slowly kind of build up your name as a thought leader and general leader in that industry. So if somebody's just starting out, they're starting their social media up or they've been running it for a while but they don't think about using it in the way that you're talking about, what would be one practical tip they could walk away with like so that they could eventually get the follower account to monetize their stuff like what would if you'd give them one key point one key uh element to make it work what would that be i would just say have a call to action in your posts ask people what their thoughts are just simple as hey what do you guys think about this Mm -hmm. because on linkedin when you comment or like a post, all of your entire network sees it. It pops up in everyone's feed. So the more engagement you have, that's just going to increase your outreach exponentially. Yeah, that's that's it. The call yeah. to action. I mean, it really is. Engage. Always be engaging. Definitely. That's definitely the way to go. Dude, great yeah. to talk with you, man. Absolutely. It was, it was nice meeting you. Great conversation. For you sure. really know your stuff. It's very cool. At 18 yeah. years old, you're, you're doing such big things it's 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 incredible no it's fun congratulations thank you and uh millennialadnetwork.com yeah is that the website check us out cool man jake thank you so much yeah thanks for having me so the message that i get from this jake is that we can all start making money on social media we just got to put the time in and we got to connect 
get enough followers, and then connect to the Millennial Ad Network, and we all can be making bank from major companies through awesome organizations like Jake and his crew has put together. I want to thank Jake Scalotta for being on the show. Super powerful information. This is how drastically and quickly the world is changing. That 9 to 5 that used to be necessary, that college degree that used to be necessary, no longer necessary, my friends. We're stepping into a whole new world. And I think kids understand this, right? If you're young and you're listening to this, you understand. But adults, this is huge to comprehend, to put into your brain, to understand that the way we've been living our life, if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, Maybe I have some 70-year-olds listening. I don't know. If you've been living your life one way, realize things are changing drastically and fast, and the world is so different than it has ever been in, throughout the course of history. We've never lived in a time like this, and it's amazing that we can all make money doing this. You may scoff at social media. You may scoff at what is called a, an Instagram influencer, but they're making money by just posting things on their profile and getting people to interact and follow them. Why would not everybody want to do that, even as just supplemental income? It's genius. MillennialAdNetwork.com. Check that out. Shout out to the Clay Cup, Trade Secrets, to Juice. Shout out to my man, Jake Over. All the music you hear on this podcast is from Jake Over. Find him on Facebook, Jake Over. Also, if you want to help out the podcast, donate it a little bit. You can donate a penny. You can donate a million dollars. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Rob Z Radio if you want to support what we do here on the show. All the money made through Patreon goes right back to the podcast. And shout out to uh, my favorite way to get in shape, DDPY. That's DDP Yoga. It's a yoga platform, but it's more than just yoga. It's not really yoga. It's it's yoga mixed with plyometrics, mixed with strength training and strength conditioning. Uh Tightening up and strengthening your ligaments and tendons, your knees, your back, your shoulders, your hips, parts of your body that, you know, when you're lifting weights or doing certain exercises are usually the ones that take the brunt of the weight and you don't put enough care and time into strengthening and managing those parts of your body. DDP Yoga does that. I promote it because I use it constantly. Like I work out every single morning with a DDP workout on the DDPY app. You can get the app. There's hundreds of workouts on there, thousands of hours of exercise, and it's all for you by a former professional wrestler. Imagine that, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP Yoga. Look it up. Thank you, Zebras. Thank you for joining the show, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace out. This is Rob Z Radio. <laughs> That's brutal.